1: Welcome back for Transmission 3 of the Liberate Yourself podcast, where we are discussing personal sovereignty in this transitional era. For my first interview, I dive right into the deep end of consciousness with the lovely Clementine clementine is an ascension guide astrologer writer and advocate for highly sensitive people who are aware of this shift in our planet's frequency going on aside from writing and acting as a guide she organizes a community of light workers empaths intuitives and awakened beings to share resources and information heal themselves and others and educate about the mechanisms of awakening as this world ascends in consciousness we get into a deep discussion about growing up with trauma as a sensitive person, our shared experience growing up as self-aware women in Texas, and discuss tactics for how to navigate this new paradigm and work with the fluid nature of life. So let's dive right in. Hi Clementine, thanks for joining me today. Hi, thanks (laughs) for having me. (laughs) So, Clementine and I met online, but found out we both grew up in the same region north of Houston, Texas, which is something we'll talk about later, but first, can you just introduce yourself and give a little background on your story thus far, and how you got to where you are now?
0: Um, big question. Yeah, really broad, big question, <laughs> but totally. Um, I am... Not from this planet, I figured out over a long period of time, bumbling through it. Um, but my human story began in a suburb of Houston in the good old South, you know, Texas. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, country, very country, kind of at the intersections of inner city Houston and the more rural kind of country flavors. But yeah, um, it was really hard for me from the get go. Um, I might, so, you know, Texas, you think of cowboys, you know, you think of the South. Um, but you know, for me it was like the very much the good old boy, the misogynistic kind of flavors. And so my dad was really, uh, entitled and he was an alcoholic, um, highly uneducated. And so was, you know, his parents. So, so mm-hmm. were his parents. So, um, yeah, it started out really just really difficult and I was kind of, you know, curious and open and excited and creative and, you know, a very strong-willed female energy. And and so, that doesn't
1: always go over well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not by a landslide you just Mm -hmm. can't everything is difficult um because you're not in your place you know you're Mm -hmm. you're constantly questioning your place and asking questions and and questioning authority and by Mm -hmm. design you're Mm -hmm. here to create a new system and so you're questioning everything but um so it yeah it was really really hard in my childhood home from for the first six years i lived with my father after that my mom divorced him so Um, it was very, like, I dealt with physical abuse as a very young child, um, extreme, you know, very extreme fear of, uh, setting off the monster, if you will.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, and in a lot of ways, I think that my dad embodies a lot of, uh, you know, the toxic masculinity. He's kind of become, you know, a a talisman or a token for me of like that Trump mind. And, Mm -hmm. uh, so I think I have a lot of, uh, a hand in healing that toxic masculinity by confronting it head on. But anyway, to get back to the story, um, <laughs> it was just, yeah, really rough. And I've since learned about, you know, highly sensitive people and how trauma disproportionately affects us. We, mm-hmm. we create deeper impressions. We create deeper memories. Um, and so we feel everything 10 times as much, mm-hmm. uh, roughly. And so that just really influenced me. And throughout, the rest of my life, uh, not feeling like I fit in. A lot of my friends or people who I went to school with, I was in the smart classes. So my mom really worked to get me in the smart classes. So that was a blessing. But in those smart classes, I was definitely the outcast. I was heavier than a lot of people. I was, um, I just thought about things a lot more. You know, everyone else kind of like, there's that feeling. I think sensitive people totally feel this a lot. But where you make people uncomfortable but they won't say it outright to your face you're just kind of wary like they don't know how
1: to react to it or what to it doesn't fit into their paradigm or their model of reality yet or ever so they literally don't know what the the accurate response is and so they just kind of move away from your orbit (laughs)
0: Yeah, they're just wary of you, right? Mm And they're just kind of like, "Well, we don't know what to do with that." So energy. So uh, we'll just play over here. Yeah, you know. And they don't tell you to your face necessarily. Uh, Some do, some don't. But you're just the weird girl, and you you feel it. It's
1: not even something that's told to your face. You just feel it over and over, and deduce Uh, that, "Oh, I'm the weirdo." Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I think like we want to talk about that a little more in depth with the highly sensitive. Sure. Uh, research, which has just liberated me entirely um, from yeah, my self doubt, um, but but yeah, so that was just really rough growing up in you know good old south the south you know, and so it was rough going. It was really 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 rough going, um, and of course I internalized a lot of their doubt, and so. I never fit in and flesh word to my high school experience, just, you know, I turned to drugs out, out of exploration and I wanted to know about the other realms and that was the only way to access them mm-hmm. through, you know, all the layers of pain that I had. So, and, uh, by the time I turned 18, I had about 10 brushes with the law. Yeah. Um, it was just, I was, you know, the rebel, I, I was the one that did not fit in. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you know, that kind of notoriety and not fitting in and rebellion came to characterize my life. Um, yeah, so I got out, I moved to Austin, mm-hmm. uh, which is the most liberated, you know, place in all of Texas. It's the, the little
1: Texas. island of of wonder. <laughs> and yeah, not necessarily having to conform. <laughs> yes, thank you God. can be as weird as you want to be. Oh my gosh. Thank God. It's, yeah.
0: it, it's just night and day compared to anywhere else in Texas, exactly mm-hmm. like you're saying. Oh my gosh. And so it, liberation, sort of. I, I was still not free of my own self judgment that sure. I had internalized. So, um, I was still very unconscious to a lot of my gifts, though I knew I had gifts, um, particularly for developing relationships with people deeply, quickly. I knew that I trusted people blindly and with open hearts. And these are things that in our world are pretty rare as yeah. I come to learn. But for me, it's just that's who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm just pure, open, you know, pure intentions and open-hearted no matter what comes. And that going back to the alien thing, you mm-hmm. know, but <laughs> uh, did you want to say something? No, like it's
1: true. Um, I just want to kind of... Uh, Commiserate. Okay, commiserate. Exactly. Um, agree with you about growing up in Texas. I had the exact mm-hmm. same feeling like I wanted my imagination was just so immense. And I yeah, the way exactly what you said, I've been using that to describe how it felt, too. I wanted to, I was exploring other realms, like even as a child, like that was more mm-hmm. real to me. And then yeah, the sort of constrictive Almost, uh, I mean, I used to rant in high school, too. I was like, this is a fascist regime, you know, just like this (laughs) totalitarian feel to it. It was this extreme pressure to conform, to Mm -hmm. conform to this is what a woman is. This is what a man is. And that's all there is. And, yeah, it didn't reflect my inner world at all. So that, and it, it does, we take on these those thought forms and those patterns a lot of times as our own and it just turns inward it turns into self-hatred and self-loathing and mm-hmm. uh yeah the same uh, i had the same problem with with authority um i mean that's always been i have actually i was cycling through these memories this morning probably like to to share some but yeah that always from a very early age, I was like, you are not the, even to my family, I was like, you are not the authority of yeah. me. I have my own internal authority that I'm operating through. And so, yeah, that, of course that causes conflict, but yeah. I do, I feel like that's definitely, those are the lessons that we, you know, give ourselves in this life in order to, um, yep. sort of exercise. Yes you know those those faculties that we have otherwise you you wouldn't have any real understanding of what they're about like what really guiding yourself according to your inner authority and like having a mission and having a purpose is really about unless you go up against you know the opposition essentially so that's all
0: Absolutely. And so that, you know, and that's kind of what I was going to wrap up with at the end is like all my adversity, Mm -hmm. you know, has taught me my power. So all the pieces of the puzzle combine to show you your power. And that is the point. That is Mm -hmm. why we have chosen these really difficult scenarios. And we, you know, bringing light in dark places going into East Texas, you Mm -hmm. know, in my case, and, Mm -hmm. you know, holding a very high vibration from the get go. It's, you know, it's it's, not to compare myself to Jesus, but it's like you know Jesus did the same thing. It's like all these light beings go into these dark places and hold this vibration, mm-hmm. and it Amidst challenges pressure. People. Yeah,
1: exactly. yeah,
0: and there's a an immense pressure on the holder of mm-hmm. the vibration, Um, and you know that's the nature of the game. And yeah. It's tough and it sucks and, but pressure makes diamonds, you know? It does.
1: You know, and that's the whole thing, so. So, yeah, Um, on that note, talk a little bit about where you are now and what you do. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so just kind of continuing with the uh, storyline a little. So I, you know, college, I got an English degree, bumbled through a lot of friends groups, and I was still largely unconscious to most of my power. Um, I think that was, you know, I, I really was not spiritual. I was not connected. Um, I didn't have any kind of nudges growing up about any of that. It was just pain. Um, just karmic layering of pain. So, uh, I was pretty distanced from my spirit, I will say. Flash forward about five years ago, my ex-boyfriend passed away in a car accident. Um, I was so with sorry. him for five years. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's a, it was a curse at the time, and now it's an absolute blessing. Um, and I believe that he gave me that to awaken me. Um, and so that was really the start of my spiritual journey. And it, it just really opened my eyes to emotion. It opened my eyes to the deeper inner realms. And it, that started the process
1: for me. That's a real yeah. tower type of situation in tarot. You know, yes, your foundation absolutely. is just completely jolted so that you can rebuild your foundation on, um, on spiritual grounds and not hubris.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, mm-hmm. It was just so night and day from, you know, I had a great day the day before, just night and day. Um, wow. And so, and there were some other things that kind of developed beforehand that are relevant later. Uh, namely, for about five years at that point, I had been in an apprenticeship with a business mentor. Uh, I want to talk about apprenticeships if we have time because... Yeah. I really, I believe, in really believe in, yeah, yeah like that <laughs> is absolutely why I have been able to evolve so quickly. Like the majority of my sp- spiritual development has been in the last five years. But having mentors, of course, accelerates it. And so, you know, it's coming off of that apprenticeship. And I stumbled across this art community in Austin. And, you know, I just kind of started applying the business principles that. I learned, and, and that led to, in Austin, you know, I really developed a, a public image, and I didn't know what I was in for, but it really accelerated. Um, I didn't understand boundaries either, so I was just giving and giving and giving for three years, building this art collective in Austin, and we ex- started to accelerate really rapidly, like we got on the cover of the Chronicle, which is the biggest paper mm-hmm. here. Just things started to, like, really take off. And then the group, um, I brought misogyny up. <laughs> I, I learned about misogyny and the Texas thing, and I just learned about the ignorance of, really, it's a national issue, international issue. Um, but I, I just downloaded all of this knowledge about the feminine. I mean, I just had this immense, pa- like, powerful transmutation experience and... Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, brought this to the group. They attacked me. It's the typical village is against you, the pariah situation.
1: So it's pure reinforced too. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> these values. All everybody calling mm-hmm.
0: you crazy and all these things. For the past two years, this is kind of getting to where I am now. The past two years, I have been completely withdrawn and healing. More really intense stuff has occurred, uh, in my healing journey since. Um, a lot, lot, lot has occurred, and and really to sum it up, the past two years have really been a karmic clearing mm-hmm. process. And and you know, and now that I understand the whole framework, I'm like, oh, I see what we're really doing here. Um, but it really, it really didn't become clear until I took that that leave from the social scene, from the bar scene, from alcohol, from the partying. It's you such know. a dead end. My God. <laughs> Unless like, you find other sensitives.
1: Yes. So I Sometimes find, we're hey, there.
0: Why? <laughs> right. Because we're misguided. Yeah. You know? But my thing is, over those three years working with that art collective in my mid-20s, I found it allowed me to cast such a wide net mm-hmm. uh, of finding people like me. And so since, I've been the one providing them with spaces and, and connections. And so I'm actually, because of that, I'm transmuting it into a sensitive person network in a way.
1: Fantastic. Um,
0: so... Yeah. What I'm doing now is I, I continue to build these community spaces, um, online as well, like with a Facebook group and things like, I feel like my whole life has set me up to find sensitive people. I resonate with them. And for whatever reason, Oh, I didn't really talk much about, uh, I had a coaching stint for about three years. I just worked on coaching,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: uh, with individuals and helping them navigate their emotions and see blind spots spiritually and really powerful, accelerating. I didn't even talk about any of my businesses before, but we will,
1: um, (laughs) besides, um,
0: I've been just collecting people and I never knew why I was doing it. It was at great emotional expense to me. I did not always get paid for the like really deep spaces I've been holding for people over my life. And Mm -hmm. it's just a, it's a higher calling. It's a spreading of a vibration and, spaces, so like discussion spaces, and really, really high vibration group spaces, which I have found are severely lacking in society. Um, and so, you know, um, Ben Franklin had these things called Junto clubs, I read about this in his autobiography, but they're basically philosophical spaces in society and we don't have that and so I've been creating spaces like that where anything goes nothing is taboo you can be as weird as you want and you will be accepted these I found I really think people across the country and beyond really should think about hosting these because we need that we need more of that
1: absolutely
0: um, um, but yeah other things I'm doing is um I inherited a library, an esoteric library, oh my from God, I'm so my mentor's mentor. Yeah, <laughs> it was just the most wild thing. Um, my astrology mentor, his mentor, passed away, and I so I inherited so any book I wanted from his library. He had like ten thousand books, you know, insane amount of books. Thirty years, forty years of collecting, you know. So um, yeah, I inherited this library. So one of the things I want to do is actually develop, you know, a checkout system and uh, help people. So that's something I've come to learn is my archetype is very much the wisdom keeper, the scribe, the librarian, that is definitely who I am. I absorb information rapidly, and I remember it forever. So my, one of my main goals on earth is to resynthesize information. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm here to write, I'm here to share complex ideas in a way that beginners can understand. So that's what I, I really am aiming to do most in the world is resynthesize very complex stuff. Um, so I do that via blog and newsletter right now. I'm looking into a YouTube channel as well to give it another way. Um, other things I do is anybody I come across that's a highly sensitive person, um, I enlist them in the mission. I tell them what's going on, why we're here, what the basics are, and um, you know it's really about getting people aware of what's happening. And I've really seen a lot of change, you know, just in their own world from that. So enlisting sensitives in the mission through education. I create healing spaces for others individually. That goes into the coaching background as well as astrological uh, consultation. I really think Mm -hmm. empowering people with astrology is a huge, huge,
1: yeah, so important.
0: Gosh, like people just
1: are aware after that. They're like they understand why they're here. Well, we're given this map, the cosmos. Like we gave ourselves this map when we came into this life. So mm-hmm. it, it behooves us to really pay attention to that and to learn about it and embody it after, you know, it's not just about the knowledge, knowing it mentally and being able to express it and talk about it. It's about really learning about these archetypes and, and how they are embodied in our character so that we can uh-huh. then, you know, become individuated as Jung said, and carry yep. out our purpose. Oh, absolutely. And archetypes and
0: individuation. Absolutely. The young, the young work. And, um, yeah, I would love to go into this topic all its own. Oh yeah, we'll do it. Like, oh my God, (laughs) geek out. Talk about geek out. Yeah, absolutely. And so many people, you know, there's a stigma. People think, oh, like astrology, but there's a reason it's stigmatized because it's extremely powerful and the powers that be mm-hmm. do not want you to tune in to what is happening. Yeah. in uh, electromagnetically like magnet, magnetic, like oh, these planets affect our orbits, yeah. you know, and bring us weather in the form of vibrations. And mm-hmm. it is just absolutely critical.
1: And um, we're, we're moving out of that time where you know the the church or the governing regime uh wanted to have that monopoly on communication with the divine essentially or yeah. that sort of divine knowledge same with the tarot you know that's why the tarot was outlawed and and uh stigmatized was because you know the the church and and the you know, the clergy were the only ones that had that link to God kind of mentality, but that's going away, which is wonderful. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we're all our own gurus now, and yeah. we're learning the tools and sharing about the tools, and, and yeah, we've all done our own areas of study. So now when we collaborate, we can fill in holes for everyone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. But yeah, so definitely astrological consultation, just the basics, you know, like I'm still a student, it's a language, Mm -hmm. and so it's, you know, but it's really critical, and I'm very gifted, I think I've done this in many lifetimes, so other things I do, consulting on creative projects, I do branding and archetypal characterization, so that's like, I really love helping people come into who they truly are, like character-wise, are you Mm -hmm. a fairy, are you a, you know, uh, fairies, or like, there's people who have different like flavors and knowing those, knowing those basics can really help people express. Um, also long, long longer, short range, uh, project planning. I'm really gifted with creating project plans and stuff, which is a skill people don't have, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and then the other work I do is, um, in the shamanic realm. So this is over, you know, growing up in the Houston suburbs, I had no idea, no model for being a healer. I had no model, no awareness. And so over my life, I've come to realize, oh, like I'm not a normal person. My emotions (laughs) charge things powerfully. Yes. Uh, You know, I'm not always here all the way. I see Mm -hmm. entities. I feel things that other people can't feel and. Mm -hmm. Uh, that I think is directly tied to the highly sensitive person research, which we're about to go into. Um, But work in the shamanic realms includes um, clearing karma individually and collectively. So sometimes I spend a week processing pain about a world event or, you know, and it's like, it's extremely hard work and people don't really realize the value of us who are processing these collective traumas through our systems Mm -hmm. and so you know that's a a really major way i spend a lot of my time is just processing the pain of the world and Mm -hmm. you know it's an underrepresented under under talked about um thing but so yeah clearing the karma um anchoring like new ideas. So it's like I get these downloads of new world ideas and Mm -hmm. I work to anchor them in this reality via, you know, maybe I send them out to people telepathically or I anchor them into the actual land of the earth or, um, working in that realm is really, really important for sensitive people that we tune in. Um, so anchoring new energies is helping us to evolve, creating sacred spaces via ceremony and, um, sacred medicine. So facilitating ceremony spaces for people to whether with medicine or not, um, is really just people are wanting sacredness. Yes. I think sensitive people are here to create sacred spaces. People don't know how to access ceremony. They don't know how to access sacredness. And so I provide, you know, safe spaces for things like that Um, and then I spend a lot of my time also, um, visualizing the new earth, which we'll get into with ascension, but that's critical as well. Um, you know, that in the, we shamanic personalities are absolutely, it's important that we, you know, spend time visualizing what we want the world to be like and using our energy wisely in that way. Like we can lament the pain all we want and the issues all we want, but, Critically, we must visualize the new earth and, and what we want to manifest.
1: We have to progress uh, and move forward instead of Yeah, lament, yeah exactly, lamenting yeah. the past. Because it's, it's going away. You have to let go. Like, actually, yeah. philosophically let go of it. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so that's kind of like yeah. the range of things I spend my time on. I am a community resource, you know. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've really struggled with shame and guilt about I am not in the capitalist system.
1: -hmm. You know, I
0: don't get paid for my hours. I don't clock in. I am self-employed, but even employment isn't the word. It's yeah, you know, and you're doing uh,
1: your work, and you're you know receiving energy in exchange for that work. It just doesn't look the way that you know the the past paradigm has put it, right? And right that kind of system of capitalism.
0: Yeah. And I've really struggled I with
1: self judgment mm-hmm.
0: too. It's like, yeah. because I do rely on donations. I do rely on people supporting me in an abstract way. Like people might donate to me. You know, I've had a patron for about three years, very meager monthly stipend. And that's the only way I've survived. I would not be here because that's some of the wonderful. stuff I've been through. I would not be here if not for donations. And so it's people that understand this old world model, like, you know, the, the monks, Mm -hmm. um, the, the mother Teresa's of the world. It's like, I am not here to acquire luxuries. I am not here to have a ranch house and retire. Yeah. I am here in service to God. My life is uncertain in the 3d world, but it is certain in the other realms. And that's all I got. That's what I'm here for. and, so
1: And you've been able I to just, manifest
0: support for that in the, in the 3D. Yeah. Which yeah, is awesome. Just critical for my evolution and for, you know, the work I do for the collective. Like, And I just think that we sensitive people sell ourselves short and we don't understand the uh, critical value of what we are offering the world. So, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that because it is a new model of understanding ourselves. We don't have to fit into the capitalist world. Um, I mm-hmm. really believe in patronships. I think we are here in a renaissance I, period of time. I think that it is critical that we start to manifest patrons. Agreed. Uh, instead of this oh, let me have a side job and like burn out right. because I'm getting paid $15
1: an hour. It's like you are worth $500 to $1,000 an hour. Right. If you, you have process. the time and space to, yeah, process and actually let what is trying to move through you flow. Yes. I've been really passionate about that. Most of my, with my business as well, cause I work with entrepreneurs, kind of the same thing. Yeah. Like, um, branding you know digital design and getting their online presence um out there so that they can do their work and that's something that i've always like preached as well is you know don't fall into the the pressure of the system to especially you know i i really want to move past um equating time with money Oh, which I hate, like, I, I know that we're moving past that. But mm-hmm. people it's so ingrained in us, too. I catch myself right. doing it like, oh, this is an hour right. and it's worth. Blah, blah, blah. No, it's not. Time doesn't right. even exist.
0: <laughs> so right. Exactly.
1: Let's just drop that. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, to bring back page. Um, I mean, and Patreon is, is doing a great job. Yeah with bringing that back for sure. So it's definitely coming back, but that's how, um, that's how artists functioned in the past. And because the societies knew, you know, European society knew that that was a very enriching part of society, that it's not something that was trivial. It feeds into the culture and the, and the paradigm and the zeitgeist of the time. And so it was supported financially Um, and so, yeah, I think that we're definitely seeing a resurgence of that. It has to happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to touch on
0: it as much as I can and just interpersonally telling people about them because once they have the model of what to go for, you can manifest it, yep. but it's instead people are focusing on manifesting a good job. Yes. It, but you can't, you're going to get a, a, a prison. You yes. Know, you
1: it's a prison the box, of your so own making. Different. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'm very yeah, passionate about this. I, I keep it talking. Over it's okay. Um, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I, I have been, when I first started freelancing and building my own business online, what i kept seeing in the online business world was this sort of it, it felt like the first tier like people leaving their job and doing you know the skill or the talents that they had in exchange for money from people without having a boss in an office but it, what essentially i saw happening is people just creating their own box like their own yeah. prison and it was running by the same rules except that they did it to encase the, themselves in yeah. In that way, and uh, and yeah, it, it is. It's infuriating. It's like no, go past that. And I think mm-hmm. that we are. I think that what's really exciting for me to see is, um, you know, your generation, the millennials coming up, and it's like they don't even. It's like you guys don't even ascribe to that old way of thinking it's like no i'm gonna do what i'm good at and i'm probably gonna like diversify and do it in a lot of different ways like with the gig economy Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and figure out a way to like make it work while i'm doing my thing and then it may be a different thing in a couple years or whatever and that's fine but it's there's definitely it feels like more of a flow to it um and a more a more organic sense of being and earning a living that um, I'm really excited about and I feel like I've been waiting for so long for that to be reality so
0: with your talent I mean you're able to just totally help them manifest it in the digital world and it's like so you're just waiting for us to be empowered enough to say I can do this and totally uh, yeah it does take bravery there's a lot of bravery and courage there but there's just so much people have so much pain and shame myself included I've done a lot of work on it but Just around being outside the system, you know, there's so much pressure to conform and we're just so and I mean segueing into like growing up in Texas or growing up in conservative places like Mm -hmm. it's just so horrible when you go against the grain because it automatically threatens everyone else like they have to question, do I go against the grain or do I stay and is this the best way and you automatically make people question
1: um, their own paradigms, and and that's threatening to people. And they project and, that hatred of themso- that questioning of yep. themselves, back onto you. And it's your problem. Yep. It's your fault.
0: Uh huh. And you're ostracized, and you're belittled, mm. and it's the whole pariah thing. And and yeah, it's it's really really brutal and but this is the the work of pioneers. This has been the only reason why anything is innovated ever is because we have people willing to endure the ridicule, endure the ostracism and really push against the grain and you know, and I just feel like sensitive people inherently were here to feel what's wrong with the system and change it. Yep. You know? And so yeah, it's it's really a it's a really tough but beautiful place to a privilege, like, I feel it's a privilege to feel what I feel and see what I see that so many people just do not even have the capacity to see and understand. And, um, it's a burden and, but absolutely a blessing. And so, but yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. why
1: I say, um, I'm, I'm definitely, I don't like to use the word proud, but, uh, I'm definitely, I see the value in having grown up in such a harsh environment. It's like everyone is pressured to be tough, even the women. And I feel like we aren't really given a lot of space to really understand deep femininity, what what the principle of, you know, what the receptive or passive principle is. We even have to, I like that our last conversation, you brought up the idea that women were kind of masculinized. Yep. And I've been ruminating on that. Or contemplating that quite a bit, and it's mm. it's true. I mean, there's a lot of pressure to conform to a very like tough alpha, like don't show your emotions, buck up, yeah. and you know, like pantsuit style, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and and
0: to me, that's where um, you know, learning about you know the Me Too and everything and talking about this, I've really seen that middle-aged women had it the worst. Um, they just really had none of the hope. Like you, you know, we're in the same, same kind of boat where Mm -hmm. it's like enough hope was present. Mm -hmm. Like the old structures were breaking down just enough where middle-aged women at this time, like they had no light at the end of the tunnel and they took the brunt, you know, getting ass ass slapped in the office and stuff like that. And, so I've really seen how middle-aged women have the lowest self-esteem, hmm. where the younger women, like we've, you know, we've been taking our power back in, in certain ways, and it's just that whole era of women having to fit into the male's world, the men's world, and just you know, and and erasing all of our sensitivities and 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 love-based, vibrational-based intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, which,
1: you know, it's really, really a shame. But it's changing. Oh, I absolutely. Feel. So you're still in Texas. What do you, I mean, I know you're in Austin, which can be Ooh. a little bit, not, not isolating, yeah. but uh, there, it's like a little hub of, <laughs> of you know, curiosity and wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you, I mean, do you feel like that is changing across the state and in conservative yes no. areas? Mm-hmm.
0: Yes and no. Um, my mom still lives in the the town I grew up in and uh, which is conservative, um, Conroe, Texas. I, you know, recently been back a few times and, you know, I go to the grocery store there and it's like, you know, you have really deeply unconscious people.
1: Yes.
0: Um, and some of this goes into, um, the memory of places, which I'm really, really, um, passionate about is like places hold memory and land holds memory Mm -hmm. and you know east texas has a really really brutal history of racism uh the kkk originated in beaumont i think and you know and it just moved east and like my family was extremely racist extremely alcoholic and so Conroe and just East Texas has a really dark history, at you know the lynchings and stuff like that, not to mention the misogyny against women and a uh, know your place, woman. So, you know, there's just this really dark cloud over East Texas. And so when I go back and even, you know, tr- crossing into the county, I become very keenly aware of this kind of fog.
1: Mm-hmm. over the city and, uh, you know, over the area. <laughs> Literal and energetic. I mean, there is a <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, nice layer Houston of pollution.
0: <laughs> 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 Houston pollution. is horrific.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. <but> yeah. <laughs>
0: But true. Mostly, I'm focusing, or I'm aware of the energetic fog. But yeah, Houston, just it's just dirty. It's grimy. It's old. It's tired. It needs it's to go. It's very tired. Yeah. Uh, so I, I can't speak for all of Texas, but you know, I definitely see ways that sensitives. It, it's all going back to sensitive people taking back their power by recognizing what we are here to do, mm-hmm. recognizing what is happening in energetic realms, recognizing that we are critical helpers of this change and it's it's standing up in your communities it's hosting spaces for yourself and others to raise your vibration i mean these are the things that are really going to help it's just for a highly sensitive person it's rough until you know the paradigm you Mm -hmm. know and then it's easier
1: yeah so let's segue into that can you um Kind of tell us your take on what is happening with the Ascension and the collective rise in consciousness worldwide. Yeah, so the ascension
0: process is definitely something um, I, I feel privileged to understand the the ascension process. I feel like it is absolutely critical that sensitive people become aware of this movement and this shift in our reality. It, yeah, it's it's really mostly the history is the galactic history and the awareness of w- the world beyond our paradigm that we're taught. Uh, is critical. And so we do have an alternate history of this planet. We have had many, many, many advanced societies and cycles of creation and destruction on this planet. We're told, you know, the majority of the world, you know, it's a linear time frame. Like, you know, we start out primitive and slowly we evolve and we are here now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we're taught that. And it's just so, it, it, it's such a lie. It's just flat out, it's a lie. And so we've had many cycles of awakening as humanity and, and sleep. And it's just like everything in nature. We, we have a rising cycle and a, and a descending sleeping cycle. And the Vedas have what are called yugas, the yugas system of time. I wrote a post about this. It is absolutely critical that people understand this more cyclical view of time where we go from golden ages all the way down to dark ages and we awaken and we go to sleep. And mm-hmm. so... We have been, as humanity, we have been in a dark age. Everyone, you know, is aware of that. We had the Middle Ages. We had Crusades. We've had sickness, war, genocide. Everything just been brutal. And in that way, we've been really disconnected from Source, which is the hallmark trait of a dark age: is that we are disconnected from our spiritual origin. We are only aware of materialist perspectives. We are not connected to the subtler vibrational intelligence that is accessible to us if we concentrate on it. So we've been there for a while. And now the whole thing is that, you know, drum roll, there (laughs) are such things as extraterrestrials. We are not alone. Mm -hmm. We actually originate as, you know, we're, we're, our origins are as a genetic experiment by alien races and, you know, that's a critical piece that needs to really be explored more overtly, I think, in online spaces like Instagram and stuff. And I think it's starting to.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, the, the fact that we are a galactic species. Exactly. I think what is also happening right now is our understanding, I mean, our understanding of a lot of things is sort of having the veil removed. I mean, extraterrestrials, we used to think like, oh, it's this other physical form that is separate from us somewhere else, but it probably has to do with dimensionality and interdimensional travel. Yeah. And that's the hugest aha of all of it is that we are
0: multidimensional creatures, and so you know, things like uh, angels and things that humanity has always interacted with. These are other dimensional creatures. And so we create portals mm-hmm. to where they overlap. So all dimensions are in the same exact space time. There is no traveling to another dimension physically. Yeah. You travel with a consciousness and it's similar to a radio or TV station. You change the channel.
1: The frequency. Which yes. is Vibration. Mm mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely, and so there's no travel, and that's something that people have a hard time grasping if they're physical only, they're physical Mm -hmm. based, they're materialist based. Mm -hmm. They don't understand, just change the vibration, you know, spiritually. Um, yeah, but yeah, that multidimensional awareness is absolutely critical piece because we open portals all the time, like via prayer, mm-hmm. via a a, sing, a song you can bring in invocation. You can bring in other entities. So you make a portal and they come into this world and, um,
1: so in magic, whole- that's what your altar is for. You know, it's a sacred space where you do that vibrational work, like a yeah. magnet. Mm hmm. But, yeah,
0: it's like people just, you know, and they call it witchiness and stuff like that. But it's really just multidimensional awareness. And so when you start becoming aware of these kind of, you know, core concepts to higher realms, you you become aware that, you know, we have access to a lot more than we're told. Mm-hmm. And um, so kind of what's happening at the current moment is that the Internet, of course, has facilitated immense awakening very quickly um you know we have so much information and it's it's really difficult to censor because it's just so organic and so on the materialist plane we've actually like so what's been happening is that the sensitive people have been processing the karma what i was talking about earlier is like transmutation of the pain through our systems you know processing the collective pain it's like what's kind of been the case is that like the world through the dark ages was covered in, I think of it like that fog, that energetic fog, and it's pain. Mm -hmm. Layers and layers and layers, lifetimes and lifetimes of pain and trauma uh, from killing each other and violence and um, lack and starvation. And, you know, that has been lifted because two reasons. One, on the ground, sensitive people have been transmuting it we chose to come here and process the pain and turn it into light through our systems breathing in that fog of pain transmuting it feeling it making it light that so that's one end of the equation that's been shifting things the other equation is that our actual solar system is traveling through space it's not stationary and we are currently going through a part of the solar system that is extremely high vibration. We have never felt this before in the past 20, 30 years. We've been in this part of the you know space and it is flooding the planet with high vibration realities, mm-hmm. uh, frequencies, let's say. So we have not only that universal, you know, they call them cosmic rays, we are receiving extremely high vibration, uh, what is called photonic light, uh, which this gets into quantum physics. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, it's fascinating that everything is converging and dovetailing, but you know, so we have the photonic belt that's going on. We're traveling through that right now. So people, you know, are being forced to ascend. They, you yeah, know, they can't even. You, you're
1: not stuck. You have to go through. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like not even debatable at this point. Like it's hard yeah. to even. Um, you can't ignore it. Like. Yeah,
0: I mean, everyone <laughs> I mean, knows it, something's happening,
1: you know? Yes, to the there. level that you understand what it is, is is right. variable, but there's definitely, everyone is collectively feeling it, for sure.
0: Yeah, and I mean, aside from the just the r- rays, generally speaking, we also have, you know, the extraterrestrial forces. So, going back to the galactic history, um, Earth had been taken over by parasitic entities now this is a paradigm of energetic um nutrition so it's it's a type of entity it's not inherently evil necessarily we want to move past dualism right uh of bad and good and And polarity Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah polarity because polarity is in
1: the 4d and that's kind of one of the points i'm understanding of moving into the 5d is to transcend that absolutely
0: And that's mm-hmm. our whole, that's the whole thing is moving past other. There is mm-hmm. no other. We are one race trying to awaken ourselves yeah. um, through different expressions. Yeah. And so the non-dualism piece is really critical, but um yeah, so we have these, what are called archons, dracos, reptilians. We have this parasitic race that enslaved the earth. And so the poor earth herself, you know, has mm-hmm. been enslaved and, So, but we're finally, you know, it's this big, grand story play where we're supposed to learn that we are powerful. And that's the whole thing. It's not inherently evil. It's so that we will learn our own power and create and express against it. And so what's happened is that we have extraterrestrial races that have actually eradicated their strongholds. Um, in the last 20 years, uh, Carlos Castaneda talks about these, you know, th- this is very widely understood, especially in shamanic pa- uh, paradigm com- communities or contexts. But in a cult tradition
1: for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like, you know, and people are like, oh, you know, aliens, w- demons. And it's like, no, dude, that's the issue. If you don't understand that piece, you mm-hmm. don't understand much because yeah. our whole world is based, was based on that paradigm. Mm -hmm. And so we have these psychopathic people who have been keeping us in a low vibration state so that they could feed off of our psychic uh, energy releases, such as crying and raging. And um, so we have all this torture going on so that they could feast off of our fear.
1: Yeah. Fear. Fear Pain. That's a big one. Yep. Mm -hmm.
0: Yep. So, but everything's converging. So we have people on the ground, clearing Mm -hmm. up the pain and the trauma, we have extraterrestrial races helping us in any way they can via channel, you know, we channel them, we receive information from them, uh, books, you know, they give us and, you know, and then we have the photonic belt. So basically, everything's converging Mm -hmm. to bring us back to the fifth dimensional consciousness. Now, how to make it better understood by the layperson is that, or, people who don't know about this, is that fifth dimensional consciousness is Christ consciousness. Uh, Jesus Christ held fifth dimensional consciousness. It's also called unity consciousness, mm-hmm. it's called non dualism beyond other, so non polarity. Um, this is basically I am you, you are me. When I go out, you know, I leave my house, I, I take it as an exercise. Do you know, can I move past these initial judgments I have of people that separate me from them? Can I see the divinity in every being? Can I see that they are me? Can I give them love? You know, if, whether they're a homeless person that scares me or, you know, a male that's a little too aggressive with asking me for my phone number or things, you know, can I see past my initial separateness? And embody Christ consciousness, meaning everyone is love. And, you know, that's the challenge of, of holding this higher vibration. So it basically it's the second coming, if you will. It's just the return of the vibration of unity mm-hmm. uh, beyond separateness.
1: And that's what's happening right now. And it feels like um, more of an open invitation for the people, for it's an imitation to everybody it sounds like Mm -hmm. and it feels like and there are those of us that are more sensitive that are doing the really hard work and i did want to touch on i mean you 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 did talk about you know clearing collective karma and i feel like um do you think this kind of came to me that us processing through our own in this life and you know probably past lives traumatic our own traumatic karma is part of you know holding and processing the collective karma because that's that's how I've been experiencing it it's been, i mean i i've always been a very like inward looking like willing to do shadow work willing to transmute energies mm-hmm. but i would say in the last 3 months or more mm-hmm. yeah it's Ooh. been so <laughs> rapid the tra- yeah. i mean i'm and you're right like there's it's not like I, I'm not clairaudient or clair, uh, clairvoyant. I'm more like claircognizant. So, yeah, right. when you talk about like the right books will come my way, the, just yeah. the right, the certain thoughts and knowledge will come my way, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm being guided by that. And I think everyone, yeah. you know, has their own way that they're being guided. But yeah, I'm definitely being guided in these very direct ways to like, here, do your shadow work here, learn this, here, yes. you know, and it's very clear. And it's, ha- it's just happening. If I go back in my journals, you know, because I, I think everyone, you know, one big tip, keep a written journal somewhere, mm-hmm. because it does help mm. you orient in the linear timeline still, right. And it does like help you keep data on the progress that's happening. Because otherwise, if right. it's like right here in front of our face, we don't always realize how far we've come and how much right. we're evolving. So one little right. aside. That's a really good tip for everybody, but...
0: Definitely.
1: Yeah, I've just gone back in my journals, even from, like, the beginning of the year. I'm like, whoa, I've done so much work to... And I feel like a completely different person. Most, mm-hmm. like, every week is, like, a different shedding of old thought patterns. And yep. and when we say... I, I do want to kind of explain what, like, shadow work, transmuting... um you know, working through karma the -hmm. way that I, it is an umbrella term and it's, I feel like it's very personal. It's very different for everyone, the methods that you take, but essentially it is, um, turning, you know, turning your, your vision inward, getting very, very intimate with the, the past, the memories, the, um, patterns, the thought forms that have been, that you've been running on the code mm-hmm. essentially that you've been running on all mm-hmm. of your life and you kind of notice it because there are these patterns these habits these things yep. that keep coming up and that is kind of what what happens is you know and that's what astrology is helpful with it will show you some of the patterns that you're working on because it will you know our lives are cyclical and those patterns will start coming back yes. around and smacking you yes. in the face and until yes. you learn the lesson and so yep. when something like that happens and you're like, this again? You know, that's kind of the, the marker that I realize, Like, I'm here exactly. again. That's what you look at. And that's what yeah. you, you know, you really go deep into a meditative state. Um, I've actually done, a, I want to take a, a second to plug um, Benabelle Wynn. She is this amazing metaphysician and tarot instructor. But she has Ooh. a course called um, Tarot and Shadow Work for unearthing like your archetypal power cool so essentially what shadow work is about is diving deep deep inside of yourself and moving through that darkness because that is where your true power is
0: the things that you are the most
1: afraid of are are the biggest teachers for you and that's where you unearth that gold of what your power is and then you can move forward owning that power Um, instead of letting it run you. So I just wanted to kind of, so anyway, finishing up my little rant, I feel like that stuff is happening to like, oh yeah, it's like a master's class, you know, like earning a PhD. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And I mean, this is kind of like, well, sensitive people, we've felt these rumblings for years and we've been doing this work. Mm -hmm. And really the collective is just Starting that journey and so the design of it is that you know we've kind of and that's the hallmark of sensitive people is that we can sense the rumblings and we can sense changes in the tide and you know and tremors in the collective before it starts to become mainstream and you know so it's like we've in a way been designed to kind of wake up because that that's that is the process of waking up. Yeah, going into your pain. So when you say going into yourself, for me, shadow work starts with a pain. Yeah, because we come from that pain paradigm. So to me, it it is focusing like going into your pain. So it's like you know the actual process of experiencing your pain so that it can be cleared. So you know, for me, for a long time, that was sitting in you know the lack of parental my father lack of that you know mm-hmm. my mom I didn't even talk about her but she's a total angel and you know but the the healing work was around feeling my self you know not self-abandonment but in that paradigm feeling the abandonment yeah. and, and it's sometimes it looks like you're rocking yourself like a mother to a child all in one. Mm -hmm. Um, It it really is going into the hardest things you experience and, you know, and nursing it. It's, it can be a week of just bawling. Yeah. It can be a week of staring at the ceiling, thinking about it, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and it's, but it does, it brings you jewels. I mean, being alone, like creating spaces, you know, I spend hella time in the tub Mm -hmm. (laughs) Calling my eyes out about things, you know, and feeling the collective pain. and, Mm -hmm. And, uh, to your point about, um, accessing the collective pain through individual, that is absolutely the case. Um, it's the, the, it's designed that we're all covering certain areas. So, you know, I'm a white woman. Um, you know, I'm helping process the pain of, um misogyny and the female disempowerment. However, I would not be able to process the pain of a black woman mm-hmm. or Hispanic woman. We all have unique pieces of the puzzle that we are healing. Um I'm also healing rural consciousness.
1: It's I had like, thought about that, but yeah you're yeah. right.
0: Like we're all holding certain pieces that are part of the equation. So it's like we're supposed to heal and empower the disempowered parts of us. And so that's, it's, it's really, there is no separation, you know? And, and this is what sensitive people, we have access to these consciousnesses that other people can't access. So yeah, it's like where my trigger experience might be female disempowerment. Eventually I'm, you know, if I keep moving into it, I become the collective female mind crying about, disempowerment, purging that emotion through my system, then I become the world, like the earth, mother earth as the female, uh, you know, then I become the gods and goddesses beyond, you know, and it's like, it, it really, it, it, our own pain is how we access. So I am processing those pieces for the collective, there is no separation. So yeah, and I think a lot of people think, oh, like, you know, I'm going to go in my corner and process my own shit you really are helping the world mm-hmm. and by doing that. It's not um, selfish or exactly. self-involved. Exactly. And that's what people, I think sensitives need to understand is that that is helping yeah. everything.
1: And um, I feel like, especially in more conservative places, we have been conditioned to not do that. You know, it's, I mean, it's yeah. a very external society period, but we're, we're definitely taught to look outward and not inward and to, you know, essentially not take care of ourselves like true yeah. self-care yeah but it's very very important for everybody for the collective to yep. do that it's not selfish yep this is i am mean, this is all you know amazing i definitely want to dive deeper with you on future episodes mm-hmm. um but as we're kind of wrapping up last few minutes uh do you have any you know, this is a podcast essentially about cultivating personal sovereignty. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have personal, or would you like to share your personal methods of staying centered in these times and and navigating <laughs> from your inner authority while thing the, while the chaos spins around us? You know, for others.
0: Yeah, um, and I think because we're all struggling with that, it's such such a good topic. Um, personal sovereignty is you know, it's partly with the fifth dimensional consciousness coming in. Um, you know, we were talking about that parasitic paradigm, power over others, enslavement of others. Um, you know, that was the norm and that was the dark ages. But as we're moving into unity consciousness, you know, if I enslave you and feed off of you, I'm hurting myself, you know? And so if I diminish your power, I'm diminishing my power. And so this new vibration of unity is coming in. And so what personal sovereignty means to me, that's the hallmark of unity consciousness is everyone is a sovereign being. Everyone is their own God. Everyone is their own leader. And it is critical that any teaching, you know, empowers them as the guru. There is no power over others, And that's what personal sovereignty is, you know, is we're losing that ability to have power over others or to have power over us, Mm -hmm. uh, where others can't have power over us. And so it's this movement toward, you know, and and with power comes responsibility, right? So we're all of a sudden taking responsibility for our creation and every element of our creation, you know, all the abuse that was suffered, all the the ways that you have consented to being disempowered. These are things that we are now being called to take responsibility for, which to me is absolutely critical in the discussion of personal sovereignty. Um, you know, the law of attraction and, and how as souls we create our life before we
1: get here. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and it's a detail. constant,
1: yeah, it's a constant create co-creation process yeah. Yeah. So what does that look like? Um, on a daily, you know, daily basis, what are some, you know, even mundane <laughs> practices that you take in order to, you know, stay centered and yeah.
0: So, um, actually I really struggled with centeredness and groundedness. This, I wanted to touch on this a bit, but, yeah. um, and I think, uh, sensitives, who are traumatized this will resonate but um, going on the um, physical abuse I suffered when I was young I shut down my body in a lot of ways I have struggled with disembodiment and what that's also called is dissociation Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and so groundedness and centeredness has historically been a huge challenge for me because I dissociate where my spirit is floating outside of my body and so part of my process has been learning how to ground, learning how to connect with the land, embody the consciousness of the land and, you know, as a sentient being. And so to me, you know, that is one of the most critical things is having a relationship with Gaia and having a relationship with the land that I walk on, you know, asking permission before I do sacred work with like, having that dialogue with the land and, the thing, though, is that recently, you know, I've been pretty unraveled, and I've been exploring, this is part of my shadow work, is, you know, it might have been Pisces season, who knows, oh, but yeah. <laughs> it's part of the ascension process, but I'm in my Saturn return, and coming out of my dark night of the soul, one can hope. <laughs> please, please let me be coming out of it, but I'm still in it, you know, I'm tapering out. Um, so part of my my process, and I think this will be helpful for people, it's been to allow for the chaos allow myself to be ungrounded and in feeling into what that feels like um there's a permission there it's like yeah i know i should be doing you know more grounding work more often but i've been kind of feeling into what it is to be un not centered and that has been really helpful for me like for instance One of the main things I struggle with is correspondence, like messaging people back. I have so many relationships that it's really, really hard for me across platforms. And, you know, I'm bombarded all the time just with people checking in on projects and things like that. And it's like just allowing that to be piled up. Because my process, I need deeper space with myself. Mm-hmm. It's, it's prioritizing my depth of experience, which, you know, cocoon. it looks like a cocoon. So, you know, sometimes it'll take a month before I can get back to my emails or text messages. And, you know, to the modern world, that's social suicide. To me, it's my process. And so, yeah, so I really feel like p- giving permission to be unraveled is part of it. And it's part of conquering your challenges. So I wanted to get that across because to me that is sovereignty. Like my process is sometimes I'm very out and I'm very expressive and I'm posting online. And then I have two months where I'm processing something so deep that I can't really socialize that much. Mm
1: -hmm. And I
0: used to shame myself so much for it, you know. And now I'm more coming into that's my creative process. And I I do what I can. Um, so, you know, figuring out the ways that you work and figuring out the ways that your creative process works, and owning that, you know, is sovereignty to me, it is owning the way my natural rhythms are working or not. That's my, you know, that's my sovereignty. I'm, you know, I don't have to be available nine to five. And, get back to you in two business days and, you know, these Mm-mm. traditional, you know, stig- stigmatized things. No, mm-hmm. I'm not a professional. I'm not a capitalist mind. I'm a shamanic healer trying to bridge into a new world. Like sometimes that looks messy.
1: Yeah. Um So I just wanted to get that piece across. Um, that's That's really beautiful. And what I'm hearing and that I agree with is you have to make, create that space for yourself. In order to process and in order to integrate all of the experiences that you go through, it's not, you're right, it's not about clocking in and being, I do the same thing with my business, I've always been really adamant about that is that, you know, I, I'm not, I'm going to probably like overestimate how much time something is going to get to you because I don't know what's going to happen in the next week. I I am Pisces. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. (laughs) I don't know how I'll feel in a week, but you know, (laughs) you have to like wait, you have to, that was my way of like giving myself space Mm -hmm. and still being able to deliver what I said I was going to. So it's not like it's not, it's not like it's irresponsible to right. take time for yourself. But just um, find ways of carving that out in how you function Right, is really, really important. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're a flake. <laughs> That's the... Exactly.
0: You know. Exactly. And we're, and that goes back to that nonconformity. We are really working the uphill battle to destigmatize the creative process and the passive roles and the more fluid nature of life. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and I think, I mean, it's beautiful to hear your experience as well. It's like we all struggle 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 with this and providing space in our scheduling and in our projects and being very generous. Like sometimes I will not schedule anything for a week because I know I need to recover from something. Mm -hmm. It's like, otherwise we get frazzled and and intense and we are not centered as much as we can be. So you don't
1: do your best work that way. Uh I actually love just having an entire week where I don't have anything scheduled. It doesn't mean I do nothing necessarily, Uh But it means that every day when I wake up, I can intuit uh, and, you know, kind of follow guidance. What, do, what needs to happen today? What do I need to do today? Sometimes that is nothing. Sometimes that is just processing and reading something new or right. being out in nature is my big one. Um,
0: yeah, totally. I call that flow space
1: or yeah. um, otherwise I call it nothing time. Mm
0: -hmm. um, which is just a a critical, like sometimes I just smoke a bowl or, and lay and stare at the ceiling and that is my
1: activity. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I am doing that.
0: (laughs) Right. And so that goes into left brain, right brain. And it's really, you have to cultivate personal space as
1: Mm -hmm. sensitives,
0: especially. So one episode we should do on, um, highly sensitive people and just explore that because so there's so many tools in the toolkit of
1: HSPs that I think people need to know. So, yeah, I would love that. Oh my gosh, Clementine, this has been amazing. Thank you oh, that, so much so for being my first <laughs> guest. <laughs> yeah. Um. So real quick, while we wrap up, I am definitely going to put all links to okay. your work and where people can find you in the show notes, but do just yeah. tell people where they can find you and connect with you online. You know, Instagram
0: is a great way to connect with me the, at the art of Clementine, which is kind of a temporary in between brand right now. But the Ascension Facebook group I've, I've made recently, and it's because I have found so many people that don't know other people in this process. Mm-hmm. So it's like a way, a place to discuss, you know, sensitive mystical experiences
1: and things. And it's a very safe space. And, um, and share resources. You know, That's what's been nice about it so far is sharing really high quality resources.
0: Yeah. Like I think that, you know, there's so much out there and it's like when somebody posts, something to like personally recommend, it just helps kind of clear away all the noise. Mm-hmm. One of the main things to get across for me is that I work in a very old fashioned way. Um, I focus on long term, deep relationships. So, you know, it's it. you can follow me on my blog or on Instagram at, if you're just wanting to kind of keep up. But really, like I, you know, I worked within long term relationships so I'm building things here I'm building a network I'm building you know connections with other people who are building networks and um and you know it' basic coaching and it takes the form of whatever it needs to it's very fluid sometimes it can be more guided vibrational connections with your higher self or what have you um but yeah so personal consultations but my point is that you don't go and schedule on my website you send me an email. What are you looking for? What, you know, I want to hear from personal, like the depth of
1: things. Um, so yeah, and then you can customize your, your services according to that. It's lovely. Exactly. But the blog and Instagram is for sure.
0: If you're just interested in general, that's the best way to kind of like stay on the fringes and just keep up with what I'm doing.
1: Fantastic. Uh,
0: yeah all
1: right and yeah again all of those links and information are going to be in the show notes mm-hmm. um but until next time i'm sure there will be many yeah, next times i know it's like let's do more <laughs> <laughs> i know we just like opened a pandora's box here
0: <laughs> the kind of stuff i want to be talking about like i crave this kind of discussion so i'm so grateful to you making space and you know just having the curious mind it's like yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Can't help it. (laughs) All right. All right, Clementine. Well, until next time, take care out there. And to everyone else, take care out there as well. Alright guys, this was a fun and deep dive into a new way of thinking about ourselves as humans, lightworkers, sensitive people, and empaths who are holding and processing these new energies. Clementine is a real powerhouse on a mission to build community and connections with all of you that could use it, and let's be honest, who couldn't? To get in touch with her directly about one-on-one coaching, send her an email at theartofclementine at gmail.com and give her some background into the experiences you're having so she can custom tailor her offerings for you. Also follow her on Instagram at theartofclementine and find the Ascension Facebook group by going to Facebook and searching for Ascension Info in groups. Her website is at theartofclementine.com where you can get on her mailing list and Since we recorded this interview, Clementine has started a wonderful in-depth astrology blog called AstroBast that you can check out at astrobastet.wordpress.com. Definitely get on her list there to get thoughtful and well-researched astrological updates to help you navigate a self-possessed life. All of these links you can find in the show notes, by the way. Thank you so much for listening and being here on this journey with me, guys you can go to liberateyourselfpodcast.com to get on the list so you get all future transmissions straight to your inbox. And if you like what you're hearing, go to iTunes and give the show a rating and good review. This really helps it gain traction. I also want to invite you to become a patron of the show and part of this evolutionary community through Patreon. Patrons of the Liberate Yourself Podcast receive purposeful spiritual content to help you cultivate your own sovereignty, as well as free astrology and tarot readings with me monthly. Go to patreon.com slash liberate yourself to become a supporter of the podcast and part of a growing community. Until next time, guys, take care out there.